this is Shannon from SIS4teachers.org. Thanks so much for joining us for our blog this week on the Math Might Recap for show 311 and 312. It's hard for me to believe that I just finished writing the 112th Math Might show. My husband Scott and I just finished editing the next 24 shows that we, so we can go away on spring break. We're super excited to bring you another 48 episodes of the Math Might show on the PBS Detroit Public Television and Michigan Learning Channel. The April focus is the mystery math mistake. In the first eight episodes per grade level, we did a numeracy or number talk. On the second run of eight shows, we featured Professor Barble in the visual model for word problems. This set of eight shows is going to showcase the mystery math mistake for our warm-up. I love the graphic and animation that our animator created to show how all the math mites get their strategies mixed up. Students have to be detectives to see if they can find the mathematical error as we work through the problem. You'll have great fun watching the shows as students start to look with a critical eye to see if they can spot the mystery math mistake. In kindergarten, in our first show in 311, the I can statement is I can match equations to 10 frames. We start off with our mystery math mistakes, which features delicious word problems with cookies on a plate. If there were six cookies on a tray and someone ate two, how many are left? You'll have to be a detective to see if you can figure out where Mrs. Gray made her error while solving this. I bet Jordan and Carly, the two kids in the show, are going to help steer her right. As we start getting into the main part of the lesson, we do a lot with great phrases such as, what do you notice? What do you wonder? We show kids three modalities of numbers, put them together to match the equations. They are 10 frames, but we also use snap cube towers as well as the counting buddy juniors that has five beads of one color and five beads of another. We start off with students to see what they notice when they, within these three different models that they're seeing. At the end of the day, all the models equal 10, but they're composed of different numbers, such as seven and three on the 10 frame, eight and two on the snap cubes, and five and five on the counting buddy. We then start working with students being able to see an equation and see if we could match it to a 10 frame. We can do a process of elimination for students, but they see the equation with 10 equals seven plus three and have to decide if the 10 frame matches. This really helps students with their part, part, whole understanding, getting them to understand that 10 is the total and it's made up of two parts that are denoted by the yellow and red counters. We then flip over to a different tool by using the Counting Buddy Senior, which is one of my favorite tools that you can use to show the different parts of the number. Some people clear the beads by pushing the beads up to the Counting Buddy's head, but another option is to put half of the beads towards his head, 10 beads, and the other half of the 10 beads towards his feet. This way, you can pull the beads into the middle and come up with the different combinations, which we do a lot in this episode. Then you can draw on the two parts of 10. We'll show different equations in the Counting Buddy Senior, such as six plus four or three plus seven and so forth. In the end, we want kids to talk about what they see that is similar or different about the tools that they're using in the show compared to a 10 frame or even the counting buddy. For the extension activity, it's the student's turn to represent the equation with the counting buddy senior. So we actually have a spot on the extension page where students can fill in their different combinations as they look at it and they can match it to the counting buddy equation that they're working on. In show 312, the I can statement is we can fill 10 frames in different ways. 
We want to also start off with the mystery math mistake. This time, however, we take the story problem that's very similar to the one with the cookies, but in this one, there's going to be four cookies in the tray and two more come out of the oven or added to the tray. How many cookies are there now? I wonder if you can find Mrs. Gray's mistake. Did she add or subtract to find the answer? Our friends in the show, Jordan and Carly, are going to give great help to help her out, to steer her in the right direction. We have four different pictures in the beginning part of the show with A, B, C, and D. And we'll show the students and ask them which one doesn't belong. These are all different structures of 10 frames with a variety of red and yellow counters, some filling the whole 10 frame, some not. Kids will talk about which one doesn't belong. The best part of this activity is that each 10 frame, as they look deeply, might not belong for one reason or another. We pay particular attention to the 10 frame to look at the 10 frame, but it's actually two 5 frames. Students should be able to see two 5 frames really does represent 10, even if it's in two separate parts. We then play a really fun game called 10 frame shake. Students are going to shake 10 two-sided counters and spill them out onto the table. Then they're going to fill their 10 frame mat and record on their sheet to write in the 10 frame. So they're going to write their number sentence and even write the number bond showing the different parts that are red and yellow. In the last portion of the 312 of kindergarten, we work on how many more counters are needed to fill the 10 frame. So we're going to show seven on the 10 frame and the students are going to see three empty. They get to match the equations such as 10 equals seven plus three, 10 equals eight plus two, or 10 equals five plus five. If students work through this with Mrs. Gray, they'll start to see that they can look at the empty spaces to help them be successful in this concept. Next, we're going to move into first grade show 311. The I can statement is I can compare and order objects by length. We start in this episode, of course, the mystery math mistake, but in first grade, we'll take a look at it a little bit differently than we did in kindergarten. For this problem, we will be revising a topic that was in the previous show in 310, where we added tens and tens and ones and ones. Value Pack is helping solve a problem, but he's all upside down, confused, and turned around, and he solves it incorrectly. Students have to use their magnifying glass to study the problem to see if they can figure out where, place, where Value Pack has gone wrong. As we begin the length unit, students are going to be prepared for three, looking at, presented with three different pencils. The pencils are actually the same length, but their position starting point is in a different place. But asking students what they wonder and what they notice about the pencils, give them a taste what the lesson's going to be about. The students in our show, Dennis and Han, talk about why they think the pencils are different length based on how they look. We also ask, really with this picture to look at the, the longest, which is the trick question. This leads up to the conversation about measuring things from endpoint to endpoint and why that will help make more accurate measurement when you measure. Next, we take a look at a pencil and a crayon and we create comparison statements about the two objects. Students will learn to use the phrase like longer than or shorter than to describe the objects of length. Then we add a highlighter and snap cubes to spark even more conversation. For example, comparing the highlighter to the nine cubes, which one is shorter? We have so much fun comparing things that there are deleted scenes from this part of the show. You can watch it here 
and see even more examples. Show it in your class. Let someone else do the talking for a few minutes or even send students to watch it at home for extra practice. In this scene, Mrs. Markovich talks about how we can look at things by their size of their foot with the pointer finger and compare statements of shorter and longer. In the episode, we continue to look at different objects like scissors, a hole punch, a stapler, and we decide if we can put them in order from shortest to longest. Then we take fettuccine noodles, a straw, and even a base 10 blocks to see if we can order them the opposite way, from longest to shortest. We also talk about the words taller and shorter. We want to turn things around differently and it helps kids to see how they can describe the length this way. Mrs. Markovich does a great job talking about the idea of a starting line, like you're gonna start a race, but before you start, the endpoints, everyone is going to begin in the same place. For the extension activity, it's the student's turn to compare the length of different objects, just like we do in the show. As we move on to episode 312, we do another mystery math mistake, again with value pack. This is a similar to the previous episode, but we want to see if the students can apply the strategy of value pack to find the errors. Continuing with our unit on length, we show two sets of objects and ask, what do you notice? What do you wonder? The same green pencil is used in both comparisons as the length to measure. Students talk about the pencils being different lengths and that they're lined up by endpoints, but they have a lot of wonders about the objects. We want to hear statements like, the purple pencil is longer than the green pencil, but the blue pencil is shorter than the green pencil or the blue pencil is shorter than the purple's pencil. These types of statements that students can do helps them to compare with a third object, which is really important. Then we start to compare objects that might not be able to be measured or physically put up against each other, but we can use yarn or string to help us compare with these objects. For example, we can figure out the length and the width of the dry erase paper board that we use on the show and ask which one is longer. By using the string to measure one side, we compare it to the other side to see which side is longer or shorter based on that comparison piece, which in this case is the string. This idea can be applied to a larger scale too. We talk differently about how kids get to school. Do you ride a bus? Do you get ride in a car? Do you walk? So using the idea of a third object to compare, by looking at a map, we can decide if Claire's or Maya's house is closer to school. By using the same string, to measure the distances, we can figure that out. We do a lot in the extension activity where students can compare using yarn or string to help them figure out how to compare, use comparison statements like we talked about in the show. As we move on to second grade in show 311, the I can statement is I can partition circles and rectangles into halves, thirds, and fourths. We start off again with a mystery math mistake, bringing in an upside down and all turned around DC. He's really struggling with decomposing numbers to make a friendly number. So we wanna see if students can use this inquiry-based way to discover his error. Shonda and Kelly are the students in the show that help us see where the error might be. In the beginning of the show, we're looking at fractions, which is a little bit different than what we've been doing in the past. So as we've done in different episodes, students will look at four images and decide which one doesn't belong. The important part to notice here is their shapes are partitioned in different ways 
but they're not always in equal ways. As we introduce fractions, we want kids to understand the ideas of equal parts. In this show, we take a rectangle and fold it into two equal parts. We take the same rectangle and show how we can fold it into thirds. Then we also do a non-example of thirds, which is really important for students to see. As they're folding something especially into thirds, students' spatial awareness skills are really a struggle. And so even folding something like a letter, it might not be in equal parts. Um, then we start talking about how to fold things into fourth. The second grade standards want the kids to know that halves are represented into two equal parts, that thirds are three equal parts, and that fourths are four equal parts, which we can call quarters, another vocabulary word that we can work on. Then we take the idea into circles and talk about which circles are examples or non-examples of halves. Students will see three different pictures of circles that are fractions, and students have to decide which ones are not examples of halves, fourths, and thirds. Kids must be able to look at this way of dividing and decide if they're equal. In this show, Claire and Diego are asked to divide a circle into three parts, and we have to evaluate whether the circles are partitioned equally. Split the shape is the extension activity for the students to play with a friend. They have a spinner, rectangle, circles, and squares, where they have to partition into halves, thirds, and fourths, depending on what each player rolls. In episode 312, our I can statement is I can make halves, thirds, and fourths different ways, and we're going to discover the whole. Of course, at the beginning, you've guessed it. We've done the mystery math mistake, and our friend DC has gone wrong in his arithmetic, and Shonda and Kelly are going to help him with the problem. The show begins with two rectangles and the request for them to be partitioned into quarters or fourths. Then we ask the students to shade in one-fourth. The girls in the show are thinking of the partitioning of the rectangles in two different ways. So we talk about different ways that you can partition a rectangle and they can still be equal, but would be able to allow for one-fourth to be a shaded. We go through the same process with squares, looking at how they're partitioned, shading one half of the square in different ways. The goal here is to get the kids to really understand why equal parts are important, especially when we look at fair shares. We try to give scenarios to help students understand, even though the size of the pieces look different. It could be equivalent or equal to a fraction that we're talking about. In our scenario, Diego's dad is making two square pans of cornbread and slices it up for the family. Diego's little brother feels that his piece is smaller than his brother. His brother has a perfect square, where Diego has a long strip. It's still divided in fourths, but the pieces look a bit different. Of course, you can really talk about fractions by dividing things up equally, such as pizza. If you have a pizza and you have friends over, how many pieces is each person going to get? Obviously, we need to know how many friends there are. If we were going to have a pizza and share it with three friends, then each person could get a slice if we put it into thirds, or the pizza's cut into three equal parts. We would do the same thing if we had four friends coming over. We might cut the pizza into four slices so each friend would get one-fourth. Pies are another classic fraction visual in this episode. We match word problems to pies. Some of the pies are full and some are cut. Some of the pies are, have, are empty where someone has eaten part of it. If Noah ate most of the pie but there's a quarter left, which pie represents the one that he's talking about? 
For the extension activity, we play Split the Shape version 2. In this version, students are going to partition circles, rectangles, and squares into different parts based on the spinner that they're using to see who can get their parts shaded first. To round it off, our third grade in 311 is talking about I can learn about fractions on a number line. We start off with a mystery math mistake in the concept that students have studied previously with the DC looking at 12 times 9. But he's a bit confused on decomposing and we, he needs to make an area model to serve with partial products, but he's really struggling. Trevor and Marcus are going to help Mrs. Askew figure out where the, D, the mistake is to help DC get back on his feet. For this episode, we'll continue on working on fractions that we began a few episodes ago. In fact, we have 16 shows on fractions for third grades because it's such an integral part of students' success as they move on to fourth grade. As we said in the I can statement, we're going to be looking at number lines. For the beginning of the show, we'll have two number lines for students to look at. One of the number lines, lines is partition starting at zero and then going to 10. And the other one begins at zero and goes to one with tick marks in the middle. Students notice different things about the two number lines. One of the big things we want them to see is the quantity of the number line differs based on how it's partitioned. We look at what we think of as the tick marks might represent if it's halfway between zero and 10. The other one is halfway between zero and one. We then take a look at different number lines and find ways that we can sort them. This just gets kids comfortable with the ideas of taking a look at a number line and separating it into fractional pieces. One student says the number lines have tick marks with just whole numbers, so we might start sorting them where we look at the line starting at zero and maybe ending at six. And there's no actual fractional parts in the middle as they're actually looking at just whole numbers. The other ones are fraction number lines that just have fraction tick marks. A common point of confusion for third grade is to be able to look at a number line and do it proportionally. It always back to that spatial awareness thing. So we spend some time on this episode looking at how students can create their own number line. We look at where the half should be labeled in the number line and how a person might think of the half line being divided into two parts, just like you with the fraction strips. Many of the common misconceptions are addressed while we're creating the number lines in this segment. We spend the rest of the show really looking at the number lines and figuring out how to fold them so we can make different number lines. We make number lines that have halves, fourths, eighths, thirds, and even six. Then we compare those with fraction strips we made in the previous show. For their extension activities, students are going to create partition number lines. It's really important to make sure that kids go slow so they can understand the parts. Many of them struggle if they're going to divide the lines into force, they will want to put in four tick marks. We really stress to them that the force tick mark is really there for the whole number. So really you have to look at it to see where it's starting and where it's ending. So if you want to partition it into force, you really only need to add three lines. This helps make the connection that is needed. In show 312, we're doing another mystery math mistake with 15 times three and DC just cannot seem to get it right. The boys help set them straight to make sure all the parts in the area model he does the multiplication correctly. The I can statement is I can partition number lines to locate unit fractions. 
Unit fractions? What are those? Often math books talk about unit fractions, but students don't really understand what they are. We know that unit fractions always have one as the numerator and then the denominator. Think of the unit fraction as the fraction that describes the pieces that we're talking about. If I have something divided into thirds, the unit fraction we're talking about is one third. If I have something divided into six parts, the unit fraction would be one sixth. To give students to start thinking about this, we give them four images and have them figure out which one doesn't belong. Students have to look carefully at the number lines and fraction strips to say where things are labeled and pay attention to the details in these. We really want to make sure that students can clearly locate label on a number line because there are important things to include, such as partitions of equal parts, a dot, and a label for the fraction. To apply this concept, we have three friends that create a number line. Claire, Andre, and Diego. We want to have the number line partitioned into fourth. It's really helpful when kids can look at things that aren't perfect and be able to use their reasoning as to why they disagree or agree with someone in the way they partition the number line. We have some people that feel the number lines are done exactly right. A lot of number lines are longer ending at one and then extending to two. And some go through and kind of evaluate wait a minute, these lines might be created a little bit differently. We then start practicing partitioning number lines, locating and labeling the fractions. We label one-third, we label one-half, we label one-eighth. Sometimes fraction number lines might not just be between zero and one. Sometimes the long number line might start at zero and end at four. So students have to decide where one-eighth would go when they're looking at it. So would it go between one and two or two and three? They have to decide where that would be located. We know that one eighth can only between go between zero and one. This will help kids to get that relationship. Since we represent fractions in three different ways with fraction strips, area models, and number lines, we wanna ask students which way they like to look at fractions. Of course, the extension activity is to partition, locate, and label fractions of the number line so that students have lots of great practice with this skill. I think your students are really gonna like our mystery math mistake. It's a fun spin on math that can help students really get interested in trying to find the, area, the error. If you wanna take it a step further in your classroom, have the students create their own mystery math mistake. If you wanna check out more mysteries math mistakes, visit our SIS page here where you can see a whole week's worth of problem that we did during the beginning parts of COVID. See if you can spot the mistake and let us know. Thanks so much for joining us for our blog this week. I hope that you'll tune in next week.